So uh, over the course of the last six months, um, I have viewed and we've been walking through um, this theme of moving from a church that has a mindset of being a plant to having a church that has a mindset of being rooted and grounded in Christ. Let me just remind you, this is about mindset. This is not about age. This isn't about, well, our church has walked through this much time and this much space, and so now we are, we're no longer a church plant. We're now a real church. Well, that's ridiculous. You won't find anything like that in Scripture anywhere. There's churches that have been around for decades and centuries that are still a church plant. It's got nothing to do with time and history. It's got to do with the way that you view yourself. It's about how you think about church and about what, uh, uh, what church is. We're determined here at Cornerstone to, to be who it is that God has designed the church to be uh, from, from the pages of Scripture as much as is humanly possible, honoring the church history that we come from and the roots and heritage that God has brought us to and through. Um, so that's the theme that we've been working over the course of the last three months is, is plant to root. Plant to root, planted to rooted. We want to be rooted and grounded, established in Christ as a church, thinking about church the way that God would have us to think about church uh, for this season, which is a key phrase. Um, this isn't about the fact, this isn't, uh, no one's looking back at the way we did church in 1960 and going, that was bad. No, that was for that season. You know, um, one of the problems with the church is that we generally want, run 20 to 30 years behind spiritual seasons, and that's ridiculous. And then we end up looking like idiots uh, a lot of the time. Um, the, God is a God of now. He, he's, he's not a God of the future, although he knows the future. He's not a God of the past, although he honors the past. He's a God of now, and he desires his people to be with him in his presence. Right? Now, we're all about that when it comes to worship, but what about with him in his presence? From a time perspective, what about knowing what's going on and hearing God's word? What about the church not reacting to the culture around it and instead being active in the culture that it's a part of, which is what God calls us to do? These are different ways that a rooted church thinks about church as opposed to a way that a church plant thinks about church. We're going to talk about some of these principles today. Uh, Back in June 6th, um, I downloaded four assumptions and four principles that were going to guide the rest of this teaching. We're going to head back to those today in a form of review of sorts, and I'm going to introduce a big concept to you that we're going to be walking into as a church. The last five weeks, we've been uh, dissecting and understanding this paradigm of, of repent, confess, and then be devoted in your heart to Christ as opposed to uh, work harder and love God more in your heart. And the way you do that is by confessing and repenting and asking forgiveness. That's not biblical. What's biblical is this. You change your mind, then you change what you see and what you say, and then God opens doors for you in your heart of deeper devotion for him. Acts chapter 2, we've been examining the last five weeks, five ways that as a church, God calls us to devote ourselves to him. Sacraments, apostolic teaching, community, communal worship, and prayer. And those five ways we've been looking at in, in, uh, in, in a lot of detail and a lot of depth. So these, these ways that God has been walking us down and through these past months have been rich and good for us to think about. The months of October all the way through halfway through November, from now till November 11th, we're going to be um, applying these things now to us. What, what does it mean for Cornerstone herself to move from having a church plant mindset to being a church that is rooted and grounded, from having a church plant mindset to being rooted and grounded. Craig, I'm feeding back. I feel like I'm in something of a cave. It might be gain. Uh, needs to come down. I don't know. Um, the uh, 
whole point of this shift is that we bring more glory to Christ. This isn't about being a, 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 a better church for the sake of being a better church or about being a relevant church or, or any of those things. Uh, we, we desire to bring glory to Jesus. This is about being who God calls us to be for the sake of him and for the sake of his name. Um, church trends come and go. Uh, we don't desire to be trendy. We desire to be rooted in Christ. You hear what I'm saying? This is, this is a big deal. This is very important. Um, so having walked through these five doors of devotion, what we're going to uh, do today is sort of go full circle back to where we were on June 6th and talk again about these four assumptions and four principles that we'll be applying to ourselves in the coming weeks. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the body of Christ here at Cornerstone that you brought together. Um, thank you for the work that you are doing in each of our hearts and lives. We believe, God, that you are up to something great. With each one of us individually, we believe that you are doing a fantastic work in and through your people. As a corporate body here, as a local corporate body, we believe that you are doing good things at Cornerstone. In our regional church in Lebanon, God, we believe that you are doing good things here. We believe that your plans for us are good. In southeastern PA, God, we, we believe that you are at work and that you are active. Around the world, God, here in America, in India, in the Philippines, in, in, in Africa, we believe that you are active, that you know and see your people, and that you are guiding and walking us through the paths that you have for us. It's easy for us to lose sight, God. So draw us back to the foundation that is you. In Jesus' name, amen. The basic scriptural context for this plant-to-root concept comes from here in Ephesians 3. All right? uh, Ephesians 3 is a, uh, a great work of writing by Paul about what it means to understand who God has made his people to be, his people, the church, to be. And in Ephesians 3, Paul is talking about the mystery of the gospel being revealed, that, that God so loves his people that he has unveiled the mystery of the gospel. That in the old covenant and in the old way, the mystery was there, but it was, it was veiled. And God has now taken that veil off, and he has removed that veil. We can clearly see what it means to know Christ fully. So much so that Christ himself comes to live within us by his spirit. And then Paul prays for the people. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This idea of being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ is the key. 
Because it would be very easy for us to say that, okay, we want to be a church that thinks of ourselves as rooted and grounded, and then we can root and ground ourselves in our picture of what church is. We don't want that. Because who God calls his people to be today might not be what God calls us to be next year. We have to be in his presence, knowing his presence in the present, that we might hear from him how it is that we're to live and move and have our being. What God does desire is a people who are so deeply connected to him, so rooted and grounded in his love for us, that he is able to, through the intimacy of our relationship with him, give us and download to us and share with us and show us more deeply what it means for us to be who it is that God made us to be. And as we be who it is God made us to be, we then become who it is that God made us to become. And as we become who it is that God made us to become, we do what it is that he has made us to do. But when we're just so busy running around doing what we think it is that we ought to do, we begin living by these just basic principles of the Christian faith that God can never interject his commands into our lives out of nowhere and telling us how to be who it is that he made us to be. A person and a church who is rooted and grounded in the love of Christ is ones who are intimately and deeply connected to Jesus in a way that he is showing us how to be who he made us to be so that we might do what it is that he made us to do. Certainly, our faith without works is dead. Most certainly, we do not receive faith by works. And this tension is all focused in and around being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. So becoming a church and living as a church that is rooted, rooted and grounded in love, like Ephesians 3, like Paul prays here for the Ephesian church, is the absolute key to what the rest of the book is about in Ephesians, chapters 4, 5, and 6, which are basically this massive tome on how to be the church where you are. But we just head right to fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4. That's what we need. More fivefold ministry. Woo! And off we go. Unity, Ephesians 4. That's what we need. Yeah. Great. Ephesians 5, holiness, righteousness. That's what we need. Yeah. Ephesians 5, strong marriages. Whoa, yeah, that's what the church needs. Ephesians 6, let's put on the armor of God, go out there and kick the devil's butt. Woo! Here we go. All of this is just superfluous nothingness without being rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. It's just more of the same. It's more of us disempowered by ourselves, not being empowered by the Holy Spirit because we're not rooted and grounded and connected to Jesus. Being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Knowing, Paul says, that thing which we can never fully know. That is the key to becoming who it is that God made us to become. And when God's church, both regional and local, loses those perspectives, then we lose what it means for us to be the church. And we can program ourselves into oblivion, and we can do and say and have all the right things, and our budgets can be in line, our buildings can be pristine, and it doesn't matter at all. Because it's not for the sake of Christ. It's for the sake of ourselves. And so... That's what leads us to four basic assumptions. The first assumption is this, is that you cannot love the head and hate the body. You cannot love the head and hate the body. A lot of people say, I'm spiritual, 
I love Jesus, I just hate the church. Well, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You don't tell your wife or your girlfriend, I love your face and not the rest of you. Not if you want to have a good relationship. You know, that is her. So, you cannot love the head and hate the body. Augustine said it beautifully. The church is a whore, but she's still my mother. You know, the church has partaken in and messed itself up in various ways all down through history. Absolutely. The church in America right now, in my opinion and estimation, is under the judgment of God. And we should sit here, be quiet, and take it. You know, it's not always beautifully wonderful, uh, you know, roses and peaches and cream. It certainly is not. The church has done hideous things down through history that we all wish that we could run away from, but we can't, right? And so do we receive grace for it or not? Do we receive grace for today or not? Or do we try and separate ourselves from things that don't, can't be separated from? You can't love the head and hate the body. It doesn't work. So that's one basic assumption walking into moving from being a plant to being a church that's rooted. You cannot love the head and hate the body. The church is a means to an end. It is not the end. That's the second assumption. The church is a means to an end. It is not the end. You being a part of this is not the point. Right? You being a part of this is not the point. The church is not a system to buy into. The church is an organic body of Christ that is meant to be engaged. The church is not the end. The church is a means to an end. The goal is not to build a church. The goal is to receive God's kingdom as he brings it to us. The church is a means to an end. It is not the end. Number three, we will at all costs have Christ at our center. We will at all costs have Christ at our center. We won't have other things at our center. We won't have programs. We won't have our, ourselves. We won't have our heritage. We won't have our leaders. Christ will be our center. Number four, we will not be driven by consumerism or numbers. These are the two great deceits that the enemy has injected into the church over the course of the last 30 or 40 years. Consumerism or numbers. And we talked about these things. And you can go back and listen to stuff online. That'll be deeply edifying to you. Uh, we will not be driven by these things. Understanding those four assumptions and working off of those four assumptions then, there are four principles that we want to enact here at Cornerstone in moving from being a church that is a church plant mindset to being a church that is rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus. And these four principles are going to continue to guide us through what it means for us to make that shift. All right? we're not, this isn't just going to be a, on November 11th. On the November 11th, we're going to be like, all right, we're done the teaching series. Now we're there. You know, so what's next? Now we're going to continue to process this thing and walk this thing out. I expect to be walking through this for years and years, understanding what it means for us to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Why do I think that? Because it's a knowledge that you can never fully know. Right? So I hope that we never get there. If we ever get there, then we've lost sight of Christ, and we package the love of God in such a way that it's understandable. I don't think any of us wants that. So, four principles guiding this shift. Number one is this. Church plants tend to run on emotion, momentum, and milk of the word. Rooted churches move from emotion to identity and from the milk of basic learning to the building of the body of Christ that is edification. It's what Peter calls milk to meat. All right? Running on emotion, momentum, 
and milk of the word is generally a human-centric way of thinking about who the local church is meant to be. It's about making sure that you feel good about why you're here. It's about making sure that you leave here feeling a certain way. It's about making sure that our, our chairs are getting more full because that's momentum that will keep our body moving forward. Right? When you do that, when you, when, when you have this idea about emotion and momentum, there is no choice for you except to take the gospel and to dumb it down, to make it easily palatable, because we want you to feel good. The gospel should not make you feel good sometimes. Sometimes the gospel should make you feel great. Jesus loves me. Other times, the scripture calls the cross of Christ something that we stumble over and fall on our faces. Right? The, the, the gospel is meant to make us uncomfortable in many ways. How you feel can't be what's most important. Who God is must be what's most important. So uh, being a rooted church, we want to move from emotion to identity. And you can see this as you watch a child develop. Like you can watch people grow from a child into their identity and watch the shift in emotion, right? And that's what a temper tantrum is when you're a kid. It's a strong display of emotion in order to get a reaction of some kind from a parent or whoever's watching them at the time. Eventually, it's not the temper tantrums go away, they just shift, right? And now temper tantrums become different, and I can give a temper tantrum, but I do so as an adult, you know, which doesn't include me laying on the ground and kicking and screaming in the grocery store. You know, it's just, uh, it becomes a little bit more different, because I grow in that. And now who I am is dictating, hopefully, not even that I'm giving temper tantrums, but that my identity as a man realizes that that's an immature way to act, and I'm mature, so therefore that dictates how I, how I feel. Right? Rooted churches move from emotion to identity and from the milk of basic learning to the building up of the body of Christ that's called edification. You are built by eating meat. You are built by eating meat. Right? You can drink milk until you're blue in the face, and uh, you won't grow the way that you're supposed to. You need to eat. You need to eat good food. Church plants are church planner-centric, and appropriately so. This is how Paul planted churches. Paul planted churches around himself. I don't know any other way to plant a good church other than to be a very strong leader and to plant a church. Plant a church around yourself. We see Paul do that. But rooted churches have diversified, interconnected leadership through a web of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, elders, and deacons. And this is what Paul intends for the churches that he plants. Paul wants the churches that he plants to move and to shift to being not focused around a singular leader who's generally very strong and can make things happen, but instead to become an interconnected web of leaders. And there certainly still is structure to it. There is very much still structure to it. This isn't just about a, a you know, sort of us all, all sort of like walking in and through this, you know, lukewarm pool of, of goodness that we call church. No, the scriptures tell us how to live in regard to the leadership of our churches. But we, we, we tend to try and build and grow our churches off of, off of strong, centralized leadership, when it's meant to be strong, connected leadership. That's realizing that no one leader can be what it is that the body of Christ needs. It just doesn't work like that. That's why there's a diversity of gifts, the scriptures say, and that we work together. Actually, the leaders who oftentimes are the ones that we think of as strongest, apostles, prophets, the five-fold ministry evangelists, pastors, teachers. Just a few verses later, Paul likens them to ligaments in the body, which are some of the smallest muscles in the body. They're connectors. 
They're simply a way to connect things together. But the way that a church is led and how it works is absolutely key. Church plants engage outreach together for the purpose of connecting people to the Sunday morning gathering and from there to other kingdom ministries, service, or outreach of the church. Thus, on some level, church is about the Sunday morning service. Rooted churches viewed the Sunday morning service as a time of corporate ministry to the Lord, and real church takes place outside of the Sunday morning gathering. This is a big one. I think this is a big one for us as, as, as Cornerstone. Um, when, when we come together, and when we, when we come together for worship together, we, we do this thing very intensely, you know, and we go at it, and we bring strong teaching, and we experience God's presence together, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, and for many of us, church is about you coming here on Sunday morning. That is not the way that a rooted church thinks. This isn't church. Everybody, if you don't, please, if you don't hear anything else I say during this sermon, hear this. This is not church. You are church. This is not church. You are. So who you are on Tuesday afternoon and Friday morning and Wednesday evening and the way that you engage your family or don't engage your family, the way that you lead at work or don't lead at work, the way that you make friends and don't make friends, the way that you post on Facebook, the way that you think about the kingdom of God, what you say in this conversation over here, how you react to the situations and pain in your life, that's the church. This time is an absolutely vital time. Absolutely. The church should come together on Sunday mornings, the resurrection day of Jesus, in order to worship God and minister to him together. But this is not church. You are church. Who you are out there, that's church. So the question is, is are you rooted? If you're the church and if you're out there, how are you being rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus there? How are you connected to him there? We love the testimonies that we hear from our people about the way that the Sunday morning gathering ministers to their spirits. We want to bring that more. This isn't about um, some poverty spirit. The richness of who God is is big enough in all the Holy Spirit's presence for all of us to worship God and to be together in that unity and to know what it means to receive from the Lord as we serve and minister to Him. And we desire to have that more deeply. But this has got to cease being church for the people of Cornerstone. This is not church. You are church. Lastly, church plants ask people to commit to Sunday mornings and possibly then something else, another kingdom ministry service outreach as God leads them. Rooted churches ask people to commit to identity, which is personal spiritual intimacy with Christ, ministry, the appropriate application of... I have five minutes. The first time I did that, Mark Niesel caught me after the service, and he was like, dude, I'm just going to start setting my alarm for when I want you to end. <laughs> Rooted churches ask people to commit to identity, personal spiritual intimacy with Christ, ministry, appropriate application of spiritual gifts, stewardship, the godly usage of his entrusted gifts, and financial support of the work of the church, and community, bearing one another's burdens and growing to maturity together. Sunday mornings are a time of celebration when all of these things, with all of these people, come together for a corporate ministry to the Lord together. This is a biblically commanded time that is not to be forsaken and therefore should be a no-brainer for the Christian. 
Now, the key word in this fourth principle is the word commit. All right, the word commit. Four things that moving from being a church plant to being a rooted church, that Cornerstone is going to ask you, the people of Cornerstone, the church, to commit to is this, these four things. We ask you to commit to identity, personal spiritual intimacy with Christ. Ministry, appropriate application of spiritual gifts. Stewardship, the godly usage of his entrusted gifts and the financial support of the work of the church. And community, bearing one another's burdens and growing to maturity together. This is what we're going to ask you to commit to. You might say, Jay, how are you asking me to commit to this? Well, I'm going to tell you. Earlier in this service, I said Cornerstone doesn't have members. Well, we're changing that. And Cornerstone is going to. We're going to ask you to commit to becoming covenant members of Cornerstone. This is a big shift in the culture of our church. We've been around for 15 years or so and uh, haven't had membership that whole time. Oh, and, and it's been for perfectly good reasons, none of which are changing. Right? Uh, the, uh, the intent in a cornerstone being established as a church that doesn't have membership was that we don't believe that like signing a piece of paper makes you a part of the body of Christ. You know, that's, that, that's just simply not the case. And that's not changing. We, we, we still don't believe that signing a paper makes you a, a, a part of the body of Christ. Right? We also believe that um, a spiritual relationship with Jesus is a very organic thing that has ups and downs and hills and valleys and ins and outs that test the very fiber of our being and our deepest identities in Christ. And oftentimes, you know, understanding church membership wrongly can get in the way of that because church membership becomes a false security blanket for me to fall back on. Right? We still don't believe that. Right? We still don't believe that. What we have found is several things uh, by way of observation when it comes to this concept of establishing what we're going to call covenant members. You know how I said, if you hear anything else I hear the say, I say this morning, just hear this. Uh, I'm going to add this thing to it that I'm about to say. Um, so re- remember this too. <laughs> remember this too, which is that uh, this is a core principle to this concept, which is that we are not establishing membership as an ideal at Cornerstone. We are asking you to become covenant members, not be a part of church membership. We believe that you are a person who has a covenantal relationship with Jesus, and we're asking you to have a covenantal relationship with one another in the local church body that God has called you to. But the ideologue of church membership and all the baggage that that can carry with it Um, we still want to reject that. What we do want to have is a living, breathing thing that we live in called covenant members, where we understand that when God calls us to become rooted and grounded in love as the local body of Christ here at Cornerstone, that we're saying and committing to, yes, I am going to be a part of that. This has uh, implications to it and uh, a couple of other um, principles at work as to why it is that we're establishing covenant members. Uh, well, one thing we've found over the course of the last year or two um, has been several of you, several, and you know who you are, but a, a good number of folks coming to me or Pastor Tim or Matt or one of the elders and saying, um, does Cornerstone have, have membership? Does Cornerstone have this membership idea? And we say, no, Cornerstone doesn't. 
I wish Cornerstone did. I'd like to join. So we've heard that observationally. Like, I, I, I'd like to commit to being a part of something bigger in this local church body. So we've heard many of you say that. Um, we've also had uh, situations over the course of the last year or two that has, have left Cornerstone without the ability to have good accountability, where people are uh, falling off the deep end spiritually, uh, where they're making poor decisions, they're, um, uh, they're hurting their families, they're uh, hurting other people here at Cornerstone. And there has been an inability on our part to have any kind of accountability toward those people because there's nothing to hold them accountable to because we don't have that structure in place. So there isn't something to say like, look, you said that you were this. And you covenanted to this with your local body of Christ. And now you're damaging the local body of Christ. So we are calling you to repent and to return to what it is that you previously said and committed to. Right? That's, that, that's, that, that's good church work right there. And that's done in love and grace. We haven't had that. And it's left us uh, um, lost sometimes in how to care for the people that come to Cornerstone, in, in not knowing how to protect you, the body, who are being hurt by it, and also how to protect the pers- that person or those people who are hurting the body and hurting themselves. It's been difficult. Um, the, uh, the third thing has been that we believe that for this season of the church where we find ourselves, um, that it is important for us to covenant together about where it is that God has us moving to. Covenant, if that word carries anything for you, covenant is the government of God. Covenant is the way that God chooses to govern his people. And it's the way that he calls his people to govern themselves. Every human relationship, particularly in the Old Testament, is governed by a covenant. When an alien, when a stranger who comes to your house for hospitality uh, comes and, and you feed them and give them a place to stay, the scriptures call that a covenantal relationship. Like you have entered into covenant with that person for that amount of time. There's different kinds of covenants and different ways to think about covenants, but covenants are, covenants are the government of God. It is the way that God chooses to run his people, to administrate his government to us. And so there's these big, huge covenants that we think of, like a covenant with Jesus as our Savior, covenant with our spouse, you know, excuse me, covenant with our spouse, uh, a covenant with the children that God gives us. And there's these smaller ones that we think of, relationally speaking, covenants in business and partnership and those things. You can see all these things in Scripture. The point is, is that the covenant of God toward us in love is meant to be the governing covenant that covenants the rest of our covenantal relationships. And so we're to think of these things together, which is why we're going to ask you to consider shifting from just being a person who comes to Cornerstone on a Sunday morning to becoming a covenant member with us, moving forward into these four things. You say, what are you asking me to covenant to? These four things. These are the four things that we're going to ask you to covenant to and that we're going to set up some sort of accountability structure and communal development, discipleship-based kind of thing whereby we walk to becoming a church who is rooted and grounded in love covenantally around these four things of identity in Christ, ministry of our spiritual gifts, stewardship of our finances, and community with one another. These are the four things. And we're going to be looking at each one of these things in depth in the coming four weeks. And then wrap it up with a covenantal concept of regional transformation together. Uh, That's what I got so far. 
how it is that we walk out and actually like administrate the covenant members concept. We'll be talking a lot more about that in the coming weeks. We're also going to be offering opportunities for dialogue and engagement. Some of you come to Cornerstone because we don't have membership. You're like, that's exactly why, I'm, why I go there, you know, because people stay out of my business. Um, well, look, we want to get in your business. I don't know how to say it other than that because that's what it means to love one another. Some people say, I have been hurt by church membership in the past. People used the church membership at the church that I used to go to to hurt me. I know you folks, and I know that there are some of you that had that experience. I know that. I'm really sorry for that. We do not want to establish some ideal, weird concept of membership that gets you to sign on a dotted line and, uh, you know, blindly walk into this place and just sort of uh, submit and conform. We want you to be fully you. We want that for everybody, and we want to covenantally agree to all of us becoming fully us together. So I would encourage you to let God heal that wound by walking through this process with us. Others of you are very excited about this and about the, um, this whole concept. What we're essentially doing is saying that God has cornerstone moving to, to becoming a church who is rooted and grounded in love, and we're asking you, the people of God at Cornerstone, to become rooted and grounded in Cornerstone as we're rooted and grounded in love. So, that's what I have for you today. We'll be moving into deep teaching about each, all four of these things in the coming weeks. So, uh, stay tuned. Stay connected. Uh, if you missed something, let me just again reiterate the importance of this whole series working together from June 6th until now. So if you have missed anything, get on the website, download the sermons. They're fantastic. And uh, <laughs> just, you'll love them. Uh, listen to them in, in the car or while you're taking a walk or, or, or whatever. But stay connected to this teaching because it's meant to all be together. Okay, it's meant to be together, and I'd hate for you to miss something that's integral in the midst of those things. So, so do that. Let's pray together. God, we bless you. We bless your name. Uh, we worship you, and uh, thank you for the work that you are doing in and through Cornerstone. We believe, God, that, um, uh, that you desiring to root and ground us in love is just such a beautiful call from you to, to, toward your people, and we want to receive that from you and become who it is that you made us to be as the people of God. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.